The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. Turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. I think I'd run out of superlatives to actually describe, you know, what that does to me and and just how deeply it touches. And King Damane says, our very own Celine Dion, Nia Nell. Oh, wow. And (laughs) that is our guest this morning. Thank you so much for coming through. Wow, thanks for having me. It's wonderful being here. And I feel so blessed that uh, you're listening to my music and enjoying it. And no, you are the one blessing us most definitely. But of course, uh, you know, it's a Friday. 
Yeah, you could just kick back, you know, nothing serious. We just want to get to know Nia now. So, Sonia, Aleta, now. now. That is my birth name. Your given name. My given name, Sonia. So, what I did is I took the S-O away from Sonia, and I just left the N-I-A, and I took my maiden name, which is Nell, and I just combined it, so... Um, if you say so Nia now, you actually say my whole name. <laughs> oh, great. And then a letter, my middle name. But of course, Nia now is absolutely beautiful and it worked out perfectly. So You know, when I started out, I wanted to be Sonia, but there were so many Sonia singers already, um, internationally yeah. and locally. Yeah. So I thought, you know, to avoid confusion, let me just... Let me just create. And I wanted to go then with Nia because people used to say Sonia. My name is Sonia. But then there was also Nia's. And then, oh, okay, so I'm, I made a bit of a combination and it works. It's, uh, it was meant to be, I suppose. Yes, yes. But you were born in a little town in Namibia. Very tiny. So tiny that you were the only baby <laughs> in the hospital the day you were born. True. I think that's why I can, you know, when I speak, I speak very softly. But when I sing, it's loud. And I guess at some point I had to really scream to get the attention <laughs> because yeah, I was the only baby in the hospital. Uh, my, my parents were farming with my grandfather at that stage when I was born. So Umaruru is a beautiful place. It's in between Vintuk and Swakopmund. And it's very um, arty. There's a lot of artists currently there, um, people who does uh, beautiful paintings. And, and it's a very artistic little town. It developed into that. So I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky to be born there. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you say, well, um, as you said, your father and your grandfather farming together, two bulls, uh, so inevitably. It didn't last very long. they clashed. <laughs> they did. They did, yeah. I think um, my father uh, and mother moved back to, to Vintuk about a year after I was born. And um, my father went into the police. And I, I think he was in the police before before he went. Um, to, to do some farming with my grandpa and my mom was a teacher so uh, she was a wonderful wonderful teacher my mom was my best friend my whole life through uh, she passed away five years ago which was a it was a huge moment for me you mm. know because I think the greatest gift my mom gave me was um, to help me to feel again because for about 15 years before her death I was kind of just going through the motions um, in life, I think you know once your heart get broken, sometimes you just close it and I think about was it about seventeen years, fifteen years before she passed away, I had a big hard break, and I guess I made a plan from that day on, I was going to make all decisions and everything with my mind with my head. I was going to shut my heart down i 'm going to tell it to shh and don 't talk too loud to me. And so for 15 years, I kind of planned everything with my head, and my mm. mind. And I think we've become masters on this planet to avoid our feelings, um, suppress them, ignore them. And But you know, what you suppress, it's kind of like a pressure cooker. And at some point, it's going to either blow yeah. outwards or inwards. And I think when my mom passed away, it was like my heart was, my heart was kind of jolted back to life. And I realized that only when we allow ourselves to feel can we heal. So it was such a great gift. She helped me to feel again. And that's when I had to look at my life and go, but there's a lot of things that needs to be looked at. And and I actually realized that I'm not happy. I think we don't listen to our hearts 
and then we are not really aware of how we're actually mm. feeling. And that's why our body sometimes gets ill because we just ignore our feelings completely. And it's, it's always interesting for me as to how we arrive at that point. Because mm. if we go back into your childhood, you know, and, and, and you say that in Namibia, there wasn't TV until you were about 10 years old. So yeah. it wasn't like there was a lack of attention in the family. You only have one sibling, um, your sister. Actually, I, you I have, have two. Two, two, two. Yes. I'm the eldest. And then Rihanna? I have, and Rihanna's my baby sister. She's oh, 10 she's years. she's the baby. 10 years younger than ah. me. Ah. Yes. So, so, so very interesting then, uh, because you as a family unit, uh, and, and you speak of how you guys used to sing, um, you know, it, you uh, know to your father playing the <laughs> guitar. You know, growing up in a home where there's no television, I mean, we, we got it when I was about 12 years old. So we bonded, we made music that around the kitchen table, around the braai outside, the barbecue, <laughs> you know, that's how we communicated through music and through entertaining each other. How serious was that, though, in terms of, you know, developing not only your love for music, but also just your instrument? I think... Um, I think for us as a family, it was entertainment and, 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 and being together and feeling together. But, you know, when I was six years old, I already sounded like an adult when I sang. For me, I believe oh, wow. that, that my voice kind of, you know, I came into this, this planet with this huge voice. Um, I was an, I am a complete introvert. So it took me, I always joke and say it's taken me about 45 years to kind of grow into this voice because I used to go, oh, why did I have this big voice and I'm terrified of people. Now, there's a difference between being an introvert and being terrified of people. Introverts just, you know, um, energize and, and, and get their energy from being on their own. Mm. Extroverts gets the energy in between people. But shyness and feeling terrified of people that has to do with self-worth and self-esteem and, you know, a lack of that. So I had to work a lot on that within myself, getting to know myself, getting to love and accept myself, you know. Um, and it's been a wonderful journey. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you. I think it is a continuous journey of just learning to love and accept yourself. And um, I have created a tremendous amount of rejection in my life. And I think you know being born in a family like this where we made music and it was easy for me to sing for people but heaven forbid that I had to say something you know when I had to go on a stage and say thank you very much I would be in tears <laughs> but I, I, you know when I read that I, I was surprised and and I was sad on a certain level because I, I was trying to understand what informs that because you have no qualms about going out on the stage mm -hmm. and belting it out singing yeah. to thousands of people but um totally out of your depth you know very uncomfortable in having to just speak to people yes. uh, relate to them on a personal level because i think <clears throat> It's kind of safe when you sing. You go to a very special place, you know. Playing that instrument, whether it's piano or guitar, because th that's the instruments that I play, it kind of takes you to a safe place. But what you just said is the minute you have to talk and speak, mm. you're connecting. And then you have to speak to people and with them. And that was so personal and it frightened me because on some level I still didn't, you know, accepted myself and loved myself. And that makes connecting with other people very hard, very challenging, and it, um, it feels overwhelming. So 
I think most of us have to learn to love and accept ourselves in life. Um, and it's a journey because I told you, I believe that every problem on this planet can be solved when we learn to love and accept, and accept ourselves. Um, in our families, you know, our very first example is our mom and our dad. Yeah. And um, we kind of learn to accept ourselves and look at ourselves the way that our parents looked at, looks, looks at us. So if you come out of a, a family where you're very well supported and very loved and, you know, they believe in you and they accept you as you are, that's fantastic. But let's face it, most of us grow up in families today where there is huge expectations on us. By the age of three, or even by the age of one and a half, you have to be potty trained because you've got to go to a primary, you've got to go to like a creche. And you can't go to that creche if you're not potty trained. But humanly, mm. your physically, your body is not ready to be potty trained by the age of three. So now there's this tremendous amount of pressure being put on you to be potty trained when your physical body is not actually even ready to be potty trained. I have a point with this. What I'm saying is we're putting so much pressure on our children today yeah. to, to be potty trained when they're physically not ready, you know, to do all these tasks in school when they're physically and mentally and emotionally not ready to be tested. So we grow up in a society that we've created and we put a tremendous amount of pressure on people. So even if the parents are loving and kind, they have pressures from the outside to have their kids ready to one day go out into the world. That's a tremendous amount of pressure. And what happens is children start feeling incapable and they start getting fearful and they can feel the stress from their parents. Their parents just want to prepare them for the big world. Mm. But what's happening, it's all this pressure. And what happens at the end of the day, we disconnect from each other to keep ourselves safe and we always grow up feeling inadequate and fearful and I think what's happened is is most of us have forgotten how amazing we are what wonderful human beings we are how unique and how special we are because we are comparing and because we have to fit into a world that is putting a lot of pressure on us. I believe you. And she's saying that looking at me with those beautiful green eyes, I tell <laughs> you, it is something to behold. Nia Nell, our guest this morning. So then, netball. You played netball for Namibia. I did. <laughs> I I don't know if they picked me because I'm the greatest player, but I'm very <laughs> consistent. <laughs> I tell you one thing about me, I am consistent. So every team needs that consistent yeah, player. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Yeah. Um, my sister that's two years younger than me, she played also for Namibia in the same team as me. Oh, she was good. She was one of she was those wonder players, you know, that <laughs> that's just magnificent. I was a consistent player. I love playing Nepal. I love the teamwork. I always, you know, um with my children I always say, What's gonna work? And they all go, Teamwork. Team teamwork is an important thing and I think that's also a lesson that I had to learn to you know, because I think we all wanna establish ourselves and that we're an individual and make a name for ourselves. But ultimately we are here on this planet together, all of us, and we all united and we all together and as one, you know, I believe we are all sparks of God. So I've realized that when you want to have a successful life, the people who are enjoying themselves and having the fun, those are the people who know how to connect, how to do teamwork, how to, you know, see the magic in each other and and the people who's happy for other people's successes. Um, so I played netball until... 
high school was finished, I came to South Africa after I matriculated to actually study light music. And I did play some netball while I was studying. Um, I'm turning 46 now. So <laughs> netball, I don't even know if I can jump in the air and catch that ball still. <laughs> but, well, you, you, you look like you could, uh, but, but it's tough. <laughs> it's, it's very tough. And, and you also became a teacher very briefly. Yes. For two years, I was teaching uh, music uh, at a primary school. So I was doing all the, and I love children. I really, truly love children. I taught music there. And currently I'm still teaching, you know, because I am oh. like a, a life coach. So I teach mm-hmm. I teach a lot of skills to people if they have problems in their health, their wealth, or in their relationships. Um, I'm a, uh, I have my master's in theater healing. So I still teach. I think one of my greatest passions is teaching. And, and you can probably hear as I speak, I always have some kind of a little lesson <laughs> or a little motivation or inspiration. And I think it's because I need it so much in my own life that I that I love doing this, you know. Yeah. And then and, and that fire, that inspiration really does shine through. And uh, we'll talk a little more about uh, Nia, uh, Nia Nell and uh, just looking at some of the messages. David Hughes says, just love Nia Nell's music. Man, Thank it you. just has that thing, <laughs> whatever that <laughs> thing is. And then Martha says, what a treat, such soothing music, much needed in these troubled times. Jack in Alberton says, serenading music of unmatched quality indeed. Um, just the perfect dose for this wonderful drive to Mpumalanga. What a voice from a true African girl, uh, Sonia Aleta Nell. And then uh, Saisman Mutlaung uh, asks, please ask Nia Nell, how does one break through in the industry as a songwriter? doesn't want to do anything else just to be a songwriter. And uh, someone else says, I'm so glad I'm tuned in. Uh, Nia Nell is like a mirror to us as listeners. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, As a songwriter, I've realized that if you want to break through in any industry, you've got to stay true to yourself. I think the mistake that we often make as songwriters is, is we start writing to please other people. We think, what is it that they want to hear? What is it that they that will make them happy? But the truth is, is that when you write authentically from your heart, from a place where you um, understand what you're writing about, that's when we, that's when you will um, most often write the best songs. Mm. Now, in my own career, in my very first three albums, now this is my eighth solo album, and I've released thirteen albums already with duets and, and combinations that I've done. But this is my eighth solo album. My first three albums were very authentically me, and I think after that, when I went to the fourth album, I started thinking, what is it that people want to hear, um, trying to get to a place of pleasing. So the first advice that I would give a songwriter, stay authentically true to yourself. Write what feels right to you, write what moves you, what makes what you feel passionate about, because that's when you will actually reach people. Then there's different ways that you can go about. For myself, I I just want to close that subject. Um, I moved the minute you try and please, you'll miss the point. Did you see the shining moon Turned into a black balloon Just as you walked away from me Did you see how hard I've tried 
pain inside just as you walked away from me who painted the moon black just when you asked to look back who painted the moon black oh won't you won't you come about that song I was just thinking it's been so long ago I wrote this in 2001 and I think it was a February and I was performing at the Michelangelo Hotel and someone said to me I should go outside no it was the Hilton the Hilton Hotel I did I did um, background music at all these five-star hotels I was, I was sitting there playing piano and singing that was my job for about five years um, as I was working to make it as a musician as an artist mm. And someone said to me, go outside and have a look. There's something amazing happening. And there was this beautiful lunar eclipse happening. And I remember sitting out there looking at this moon and I was hoping and wishing and praying for something special to happen to me. Because, you know, when you perform at these hotels, there was almost every single night someone coming up to me and asking me if I could sing softer or one evening, some because they can't hear themselves at the table. One one evening, a guy asked me if I could perhaps not even sing and just play the piano. Um, and I tell you, it really molds you. It makes you tough. It makes you strong. But I was yeah. looking at the at the lunar eclipse that night, and I was praying. I said, "Please let something special happen to me." Um, praying for a miracle, you know, just to kind of just wish myself out of those lobbies and the hotel lobbies. And I remember driving home that night, still looking at the lunar eclipse through my car window. And this song came 
the lyrics and the music came at the same time. And quite often when that happens, it's, it, it, it happens quickly. It takes me 20 minutes to drive home from the Hilton Hotel, and that song was done by the time I got home. But you see, um, there's a thread in all your music, and, and, and I can feel you. I can feel you in your music. Uh, you know, I listened to quite a bit of it yesterday, and, and I could feel your soul in your music. That's, that's a beautiful compliment. Thank you. So let me read a few more messages uh, before we come back to Seisman's question about, you know, as a writer, how to get in there. Or, or maybe well, that's uh, one give if, the answer. If, if when you said now you could feel my soul, mm-hmm. that is some good advice to that songwriter. Let the people feel your soul, even if you're not singing it. And, and, and performing it. Let the people feel your soul. That's the best advice I can give. And then to to get out there, you can find a publisher or, you know, you can um, even on your website, have a website or make your music available for singers and songwriters to go and, li- uh, sorry, for singers to go and listen to because there's a lot of singers out there who are looking for mm. songs to sing. Everyone's always looking for that hit song. They've got to be able to hear your stuff. So make a kind of a, get a good singer to sing it for you if you can't sing it and then put it out there so that people can hear it. Have a website where you just have samples of your songs and you register it, of course, with Samro. And you can find a publisher who can also go out there and find singers for you. So that's the best advice I can give you. Osman, I hope, uh, you know, that helps you. Matthew says, the relationship with Rihanna, got it, they are sisters. Wow. Yes. Breathless. <laughs> My baby sister. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mutondwa says, I thought that person who sings Who Painted the Moon Black was Celine Dion. I'm so <laughs> embarrassed by my ignorance right now. And Tabang says, well, thanks for introducing us to Nia Now Music. And, 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 and this is the thing. I think that there, there are just so many wonderful, accomplished artists in this country that we just don't know about. But hopefully True. we'll get to speak to many more. And then this one, Unsigned, says, Sakina, wow, what a talent right there. You never stop surprising me. I was just about to ask, uh, and she answered the question about Rihanna. And uh, just play Twitter accounts of Rihanna and understand what I mean. Uh, God bless you guys. Okay, ah, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can get that. But, um, you know, your relationship with your sister, who obviously is also in the same yes. uh, industry, how how's that working out? Oh, it's wonderful. My sister is 10 years younger than me, so she's the baby in the family. I remember we used to like fight who's going to look after her. So I'm so proud of her. She is currently pregnant with her second baby. Uh, she has an adorable little firstborn who I just fell in love with and yeah so I had the privilege to have my middle sister visiting us from Namibia on Mother's Day that was just past so the three of us spent Mother's Day together um, and I I just thought it was so special having um, all three uh, even uh, all three of us together and just spending that special day together. Ah so glad you had the opportunity to do that and um, Joanna says uh, Sakina Nia now putting the brakes on the unrelenting, disturbing news. In quiet and stillness, we find renewed strength. And I think that is absolutely what personifies Nia now and what she does, what she is about. Um, You've actually encapsulated it perfectly there. Let's talk about your... Triplets, your daughters, <laughs> your little girls. kittens. <laughs> Can you believe they turned 
They're going to turn 10 years old now on the 30th of July. I looked at so, pictures of them. They're absolutely gorgeous. Thank you so much. They're so, you know what? what two I, identical. Two identical and then one with the brown hair and the, the green eyes like me. I thought she looked like you, yes. <laughs> yeah, she, she has. And, and also like her father. I think, um, you know, we think we're going to teach our children, but I think the thing is, is that they teach us. They, they've been such great teachers in my life and um, everything that I tell them, uh, I love how they remind me of that. So if I forget, they just kind of like, but remember, mommy, life is all about fun. Or um, how, how would that make you feel? You know, the, the little things that I'm always <laughs> teaching and telling them, they, they like to, to remind me of that. Um, I love the fact that my girls have such compassionate hearts. I just launched my brand new album, my beautiful escape uh, last Saturday, and on Friday I got this beautiful um, uh, roses from my from my middle one who's called Jade, and she wrote this note and she says I mustn't worry and I mustn't be stressed about the show. She knows it's going to be wonderful and she loves me and these flowers are for me, and it was just so special. Or sometimes Aww. I get home and Tayden has written me a little message and it's on my. Um, she leaves it on my pillow um, and then there's Kaylee Kaylee's the firstborn um, I always joke and say I don't think she's arrived yet on this planet she will <laughs> get here sometimes but they are so entertaining and they're such good friends they have their little moments you know like kids normally do but I love how, how they love each other and I tell you one thing they stand up for each other oh my word they are like if that, I think that's probably the best thing about being one of a triplet. There's always someone who's got your back. They're always there for each other. The thing I thought was interesting was, you know, in this day and age when someone has triplets or, you know, any multiple births, we usually think uh, they must have been on some uh, therapy, you yeah. know, to fall pregnant. And you said no. <laughs> Within the first month of trying, it just happened and you had I triplets. I left the contraceptive and then... One month later, I was pregnant with these beautiful girls. I, I must say, I have always gone around for years and said to people, I just want, I want lots of children and I want them at one time. And I even said to God, God, please, I want a lot of children, but please can you send them to me one time? And, <laughs> and it happened that like, and I believe wow. that if you, if you, if you put a request out there and you believe so and you believe it, I believe, I believe it will happen. You've got to believe it though. Wow. And um, let me read a few more messages. Cynthia says, wow, wow, wow. That's the most beautiful music. And Vugani Kumalo in Durban says, uh, morning, SK. I'm so embarrassed for not knowing such magnificent artists who sings my kind of music. Oh, well, now you know, Vugani. Uh, Charlie Peterson says, what a beautiful voice, Miss Nia now. And Mpumi says, who Painted the Moon Black is my favorite song, especially riding my bike from Bloemfontein to Alawal North. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And, 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 and I think one of the other things that uh, people perhaps don't know, uh, your first four albums yes. were platinum. That's right. Yeah. You are seriously acclaimed. <laughs> uh, you know, two million um, copies sold. Who painted the moon black? And, mm. and, and this is why I'm not surprised when people say they, they, they didn't realize you were one of us, one of ours. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm one of you. <laughs> yeah. 
But 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 it received such great acclaim in the United States as as well. Yes. Yeah. Four. Was, of, uh, in fact, four from that album. Yes. Uh, the song "Who Painted the Moon" was actually recorded by Hayley Westenra, and she is an artist from New Zealand. But she. She's gone to sell over two million copies of mm. that using Who Painted the Moon as her first single. So I think a lot of people got confused and thought that it was her song. Um, but I love I was one of those people. Really? <laughs> but then I, I, I very soon realized that actually it was your song. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've seen on Facebook, when, uh, sorry, on YouTube once uh, a whole debate on who wrote the song and, you know, and, and people were like, um, no, Haley wrote the song. No, then the producer wrote the song, and this wrote the song, and I just smiled, you know, because I think um, when then somebody said, "No, I think it's 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 a it's a girl called Nia Nell from from uh, Namibia or South Africa." Somebody says, "Who's Nia Nell? No, man, she's just the wannabe want to cover the song with somebody, you know." And I was just smiling <laughs> because the truth—that's the thing about the truth—you you never really need to defend it. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, yeah th- that's it. You don't have to defend the truth. Well, 0891, I forgot, 0891-04208 is the call-in number. You may <laughs> call in 40938 SMS line number. And you can also tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM. Uh, Mpetu Koza says, I'm so deeply touched by what's being said about the pressure uh, that we put on our children. Uh, Nia Nell uh, got a sweet, deep voice and she is loved. And uh, you. just, you know, the song, as I said yesterday, I just went on because I, I just wanted to listen to Who Painted the Moon Black once again before you came. But then Worth, the song Worth, I went on to YouTube and I listened to that. And we're going to share that with the listeners now. You fly, then you fall, then you learn how to crawl. 
you learn by surrendering it all. So don't be me you didn't hear that tell me you didn't feel that reverberate down to your soul <laughs> thank you i feel you i feel you nia now and of course off your uh, latest offering um my beautiful escape and um yeah i listened to a few quite a few of the tracks of that and it really really is something else and of course you've got a performance coming up that's right i'll be at carnival city um, on the 10th of June, and it'll be in the Mardi Gras Theater. So people can contact Carnival City Mardi Gras Theater, and it's this, uh, not this weekend, but the next weekend, 10th of June, and I'll be doing my Beautiful Escape uh, show that I've put together. So in the show, there'll be some of the older songs, like Who Painted the Moon and Love's Gift that you've just played, all the way through to the brand new stuff. And it's a very beautiful, personal launch because I tell sort of the story of my life and work and weave the songs um, throughout the show. Well, what is not to love about Nia now? And uh, taking your calls on 891 Emmanuel called saying, um, can you please uh, just know that you are with an angel? Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and uh, Mauricio is calling us from the Free State. Good morning. Yes, good morning, madam. Uh, I say, SK, thank you for bringing my own sister. That person, we were born in the same town called Omaru in Namibia. Yeah. So, I'd like if you can play for me her song, which is, uh, uh, don't take, uh, don't take smile out of, don't let them take smile ah, off your face. Don't let you them take you a smile. You know you are you need. Ah. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling, Mauricio. And thank you, Nia. Thank you so much. Now we've got problems because there are so many requests and we have our <laughs> own choice that we want to play. Well, I don't know. We'll see how it, play, uh, how it plays out. Palki um, Makahane uh, says, you don't have to defend the truth, quoting you. A power right there, Sakina. I'm enjoying the forum. A great sounds. Uh, need to check out her albums. And then a few others as well. Um, 
Tebza Yen Mashiko says, that voice, wow, the execution, wow, the music, my babo, <laughs> I love her. <laughs> and then Vela, Vela says, uh, please assist, what's the title of the song you opened with for Nianel? It's called Life's Gift. To me, it's just to be. Um, it's on my album, Life's Gift. And people can find my music if they go to my website, which is www.nianel. It's N-I-A-N-E-L-L.co.za or .com. And uh, on, on, on my website, nianel.com, you can find all my uh, store and you'll see all my music. You can download it um, online from iTunes or Google Play, um, Amazon.com. Um, I also have a book. I've written a book called Knowing Who I Am, uh, which has been published worldwide by Hay House. So people can also find it on hayhouse.com or amazon.com or Barnes and Nobles. Everything uh, you need, any any information you'll find on my website, neonel.com. Shidi Bobat says Africa's own Enya. Beautiful. And uh, then we go down and uh, look at uh, the SMSs coming through. And uh, someone else is uh, saying you sound like Adele. Wow, SK. Uh, <laughs> Nia's music. All the and people. <laughs> she sounds so sincere. Her music is amazing indeed. And I've always thought Who Painted the Moon Black was sung by the UK's Adele. Um, God does bless the serenity. And uh, this one says, besides the music, which is so beautiful, she has very wise and mature answers to your questions too. Absolutely. I uh, couldn't agree more. And then Athio Twala asks, um, may you please ask your guest if she has ever written any book or plans to in the near future? Well, she has. The book? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, um, I just told you about my, my first book, Knowing Who I Am. Um, it's also available in Afrikaans on Tviet Vekas. And this book they can find on Amazon.com. I am currently busy with with, with three books. Um, just with this launch, it's been very busy, but I'm writing a follow-up book. Um, my, my work when I write, I, I love to motivate and inspire. For me, it is because I told you I need so much inspiration. And I think all of us just need a little bit of um, motivation and inspiration sometimes just to to let everybody out there know that, you know what, we all learn the same life lessons. Maybe our experiences are different, but mm. but the lesson at the end of the day is always pretty similar, how to learn to love and accept yourself, how to learn to love and accept other people. And I think the greatest lesson that I've learned in my life is, is that whatever I believe about myself, about other people, about life, that will create my reality. Whatever we believe, that is what will uh, create our reality. So find out what it is that you believe. For a very, very long time, I believed that I'm not good enough and that I'm not enough. And the reality that I was creating for myself based on that belief was a lot of rejection. And a lot of rejection was coming my way. And I had to stop and ask myself, why am I creating all this rejection? And because when we believe things are just happening to us, mm. we are victims. So I had to stop and say, why am I creating all of this? What is it that I want to learn from this? How do I want to grow? And I realized that I wanted to learn to love and accept myself. When I healed that within myself, when I changed that belief from I'm not good enough to I am enough and I am good enough, always becoming more, evolving spiritually, mentally, emotionally and physically, when I changed that within myself, rejection still happened, but it didn't affect me that deeply. I 
felt centered in who I am and I felt calm and loved and acceptance in who I am. And this is in your personal life as well as in your career. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I got divorced three years ago and a tremendous amount of rejection came my way. Fans were very angry with me. They felt that I'm a terrible mother. Um, people wrote to me saying that God has written me off. Um, based on what? Based on, I think, people were very disappointed. Nothing people do put us up on a pedestal. Um, but the thing is... I had to learn that no matter what other people mm. say to me and no matter how angry people are with me, when you make decisions within yourself and you know that that's the best for you and the best for the family, um, I mean, making decisions like that is, it takes a tremendous amount of courage um, and to see them through. So I've just been praying for the courage to make the, the wisdom to make the right decisions, the courage to actually make them and then the strength to see them through. But the lesson in this is no matter how... Um, the world rejects whatever it is that you are or the decisions that you make. It is important that in you and in your heart and within yourself, you feel centered um, in the love that you are. You're a spark of God. You're a beautiful being. You're a magnificent, awesome being. Trust yourself, learn to love yourself and accept yourself because then the outside world won't throw you off balance. Mm. And you know what I've come to realize, even when you know these things intrinsically, you, you still need to hear it often. Absolutely. You still need that affirmation It's daily. a practice. Yes, I believe it's practice, you know. Practice makes perfect. And the thing is, most of us, um, myself including, it's so easy to kind of focus on the negative, but what we focus on that will grow. So I make an absolute point of focusing on the good stuff in my life, on the good things in the world and all the beautiful things because I know what I focus on, that'll grow. I didn't realize it was, uh, you know, the time had run out. But <laughs> let me just read a few quick more messages. Godfrey says, wow, 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 please, SK, you need more of this. She is so calm. I can tell that she's a prayerful woman and I absolutely love her. And um, then uh, just a, a few others. Uh, Zolani Zieka says, wow, SK, I've never seen so many wows in one morning. <laughs> SK, I just love her voice. It makes me want to cry. And... Uh, uh, at Molamo 34 says, I am blessed by her voice. The forum at eight today made me forget all about Zubda. And I think we've done our jobs. <laughs> Nia now, it's been an absolute pleasure and a blessing. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been wow. <laughs> Indeed, I've never seen so many wows in one morning. But thank you so much for your fantastic participation as always. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM.